Welcome to episode 346 of Texan, hosted by myself, Jason. <laughs> Jason no, Vincent. I and am Justin not Roberts. Jason Roberts. <laughs> okay, let's try that. <laughs> try that again. Let's just go. I think they get. All right, it. let's go. Let's go. So, 300 episode 346. How are you doing? How are you doing, sir? Um, it's doing all right. It, God, it's been forever. It has been. How long forever. Was, was it been like? October or something like that. You know, it's kind of cool because um, I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of news. Um, so that's yeah. one good thing about leaving some time between the shows. But <laughs> yeah, well, you can't get into the nuanced stuff because there's just so much high level stuff to cover. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's it feels like a lifetime ago. So, well, I mean, let's just go and hear what you what you got. I mean, give me some of your well, the first thing headlines. So I think the first like. I think the first headline that I would like to mention is, um, and I think this this would be the right order because if we mentioned this halfway through the podcast, it just wouldn't feel like it was in the right flow of things. Got so it. it's about it. uh, Joe, um, my yeah. my uh, partner, um, uh, for a morning brief. Um, Joe, uh, I think it was very close to Christmas. Went out to have lunch at his sister's house, and. Um, while he was having lunch, a fire started in his neighborhood, and when he got back, his house was burned down. Just completely. That's, that's just horrible. So, I know I know Joe too as well. Yeah. Obviously, I mean he's been a long time listener and came to the Texing Summit back Summit. in <laughs> was that 2014 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, but everybody's okay, right? Yeah. Every, Kids and wife got out. Yeah, and I, I mean they you know. they were out of the house, so. I mean, right. can you imagine, like, just a complete reboot, like all the passports gone, like everything gone, like the entire house was completely burnt. There was nothing left. So yeah, that's just horrible. You don't, that's just horrible. you don't sort of think to take that stuff to lunch, you know? So what is, uh, what's he, what, what is he doing? Are they, are they staying, are they go back and live with one of their, you know, relatives or parents for a while or, you know, are they staying in the area? Do any, how, what, I mean, just what do you do? What I do have some, have I have some ideas from, uh, from slacking with Joe, so I can sort of tell you approximately what's going mm -hmm. on, but maybe he could answer in the main thread. But, um, as my understanding is he is, they found a place to rent and then they're dealing with insurance, uh, to potentially rebuild the house. But, mm -hmm. um, what he's discovered is that they were kind of underinsured for a situation like this, and so were most people around in the uh, in in the local area who all lost their houses as well. So he posted mm -hmm. a, a a long um, Twitter thread about that, and you can find that by going to us to uh, twitter.com forward slash texting, and you can sort of uh, hear from the horse's mouth. But yeah, he's um, it's quite an interesting scenario. So that they don't quite know exactly what they're going to do. Are they going to are they going to rebuild? Um, it's also possible that they could take, you know, potentially take the money. They could buy somewhere else, and then essentially have some land to sell at one point. I mean, there's there's multiple different options. Um, no, but Joe Joe was working as an independent contractor or something, right? Or was yeah, he, he's was he he's going to get it. He's going to get a full time job now. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he is. In fact, last time I spoke to him, he was just rushing off to an interview. Right. 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 So just kind of reestablish some some real secure security financial security and everything yeah. well geez um, <laughs> crazy i mean horrible. what about i mean talk about an outlier event like um a lot like i had a few discussions with joe about probability and you know in those discussions about probabilities it's like talking about black swan events or something like that i yeah i mean even if something is 80 percent sure there's a one in you know five chance 
it's not gonna work out which is pretty high i right yeah i mean so it's like probabilities are not a high probability is not destiny and um as you know you know bad things happen to good people every day and for no good reason all you know i mean people get car accident you you know everything's going great you get in a car and somebody runs a red light broadside you and that's it uh, lights out i mean that stuff happens to you know something order of i don't know what's in like 50,000 people or 100,000 people die a year in car accidents but it was this this was so against the odds because i mean it's sort of the middle of winter you know a and b this is the middle of a na- like uh you know suburbia like this is this is not fire area so yeah. he's not up on the mountain yeah. somewhere <laughs> so he's uh, he's just like this and he was telling me you know this is this is going to be uh, the most expensive fire in that state's history and it's just yeah. you know, completely random and bizarre, you know. Yeah, but you know, we, you get on the news and there's you know tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and and stuff like happens to every all the time, mm-hmm. right? Every year, continually, there's some kind of disaster, mass shooting, building collapses. You know, horrible things happen all the time and affect lots of people. So even if the probability is low, it's like, uh, you know. That stuff happens. You have to, it's like, and you can't control it. And you never know when it's going to occur. I mean, it it absolutely sucks, but it's just like, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit about No Morning Brief? What's the status? Well, um, sure. Um, Well, let's, let's get into Morning Brief after, I mean, if I've got a few other things. Like, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to go through all the crazy stuff that's been going on for me? And then we'll get into you. So we'll wrap the show up with your stuff. Go, go. Go crazy. Okay, Tell so we'll get crazy. we'll get into morning brief because when when I give the the news about morning brief, I want it to be very low impact compared to the previous news that happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um well one so over Christmas we got um that no one is having very much sleep in this house right now because on the really twenty on the twenty sixth of uh, December we got a new puppy. <laughs> Wow, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, Not, as an owner of two large hundred pound dogs, I, that was a mistake. Okay, uh, so um, <laughs> gotta get the dog right. Already, uh, I like get, we yeah. were not expecting it that early. Um, we were working with a with a breeder who did did uh, does breeding and rescues, and the next litter mm-hmm. was going to be in April next year. But mm-hmm. for the current litter, uh, one of the puppies, I guess, uh, was given out at eight weeks old. Um, and then given back. Um, now they say it was given back because they had to go to hospital. Um, but I have a feeling that it might've been given back because it was quite a handful. Well, well, why'd you guys want to get a dog? Was it, was it Georgie wanted it? No, I've I've been wanting, I've been wanting a puppy. I've been wanting a a beagle. I had one when I was a kid and I thought it'd be really nice for Jack to have one. I see. I've been wanting to get one for a while. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I've uh, I, I we had a beagle for years, and um, I mean, not that beagles are any, you know, they're they're easier than our current dogs for sure. Um, yeah, your but, dogs uh, are pretty large. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're gigantic and they're loud, and uh, they, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I think we're a dog. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love dogs. I love them. I just, it's just, I don't do it. I mean, it's like, if you don't have them, then you don't know. It's not like, you know what you're, it's like you're really missing anything. But then once you have them, you're like, oh, like they're, they're fun in a lot of ways. And it's fun to pet them and stuff, but it is just a ton of work and it never goes away. But it's also it like, it's also an, an, like 
if you could, how how young were they when you got them? Oh, just I don't know, whatever the standard couple months or whatever the standard age was when you adopt puppies. Okay, I, I don't really know. yeah, because the the age is also important. Like they've had some sort of training. Um, I, oh no, our dogs had no training at all. So, oh okay, I don't think. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's just it's just like up, you know, just well, you don't up, sleep up and down. No, you don't sleep, and no then sleep. what happens is <laughs> when they're with puppies, they don't sleep through the night, so you're being woken up two or three times a mm-hmm. night where they have to go out and go to the bathroom, which is it's like having a baby exhausting. Yeah, I mean, it's not that much. I mean, so people say, oh, we're going to get a puppy. It's kind of like it's like training wheels for a baby. I'm like, first of all, it's not. I mean, they're a lot of work, but babies are just a whole other magnitude. For okay, Yeah, but that, at least babies for, for don't one. actually draw blood. <laughs> you know well, I mean? but babies are just, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible amount of work. And, of course, it takes forever for them to get out of sort of that stage where this, they are an incredible amount of work, where dogs... You know, aren't there? Takes a year, but all right. Yeah, but I mean, it's just. But then, of course, what happens is, okay, you you have a young couple married. You know, maybe you don't want to have kids right away. So then, after a couple years of marriage, oh, let's get a puppy, right? And so it's like training. You're kind of thinking. You don't really maybe not word it this way, but you're sort of thinking it's training wells, right? Yeah. And then you get the then then after a year or two, three after that, you have a baby. Now you have a puppy and a baby. And now you get two problems because now baby, as anybody who's had one will tell you, it turns your world upside down. Now, you know, you may be really prepared for it. It's something you really want. And that's, that's great, but it's still an immense amount of work. And it just, everything kind of stops and everything revolves around Mm -hmm. the baby. Right. And there's all these things you could do easily. Now you can't do easily and et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows about this stuff. And now you got a dog and now the dog is just a pain in the ass. Well, it's because very, very. You do with the baby, and you got the dog. Has to take the dog out three or four times. Day we got walk is you know, this and that, and you're just like. And I always tell it. So I, I told a number of people who did that, and and they were in that situation. Situation. I was like, don't, don't do it. And then later they get the baby, and they're like, yeah, you're right, man. I told it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> people have to go through it themselves. So. Nobody listens to me. I just, all right. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, they have to go through. Their, everybody else has to do their own. It's like it's like when you talk to teenagers, right? You can. Say, don't do this, don't do that, this is why, and then they just promptly ignore you and then suffer the consequences, and you're just like, well, that was a uh, unforced error. So it was the the day after Christmas, as I said, and... um, That's where you got the dog? The puppy was available uh, from Mm -hmm. from this uh, breeder who was up in San... Sorry, down in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had to... (laughs) We took a trip down the mountain and uh, went to San Diego. Now... Taking the trip down the mountain wasn't that easy because just a couple of days before that, uh, there was so much rain here that the main road out um, Mm -hmm. had a sinkhole and like a big chunk of the road just disappeared off the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So you had we had to take uh, other sort of side roads, like single lane roads. So it took it was like it was like really grueling. It was like four hours there, you know, (laughs) was a nightmare. And then we got back, and then the next day. Uh, we had a power outage with the with the new puppy, and then that was three days of power outage. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a nightmare. And so you have, how long how long were you without power? Three days, three days without power, which oh, which sucks. doesn't sound like too long, but it's it's actually quite a long time when you're going through it with no internet, no computers, no nothing, no heat. <laughs> you know? Refrigerator doesn't work. <laughs> like refrigerator doesn't yeah, work, and you know by by the end of two days, you've kind of got to start throwing stuff out of the refrigerator. Absolutely. And then, um, but then we couldn't go anywhere. So actually for eight days, we couldn't go anywhere because it was all snowed in and they weren't clearing the roads. 
Um, and Jeez. there was six days of uh, internet outage as well, so we couldn't, uh, and not just internet, but internet and cell tower. Like, so all the cell towers went down. Like everything mm. went down. It was just, it was just basically like living with no technology for six days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. can imagine that. Yeah. For me, that wasn't the most fun thing in the world. And then when we did, when we did get back online, just the Facebook group for this area was just like picture after picture of trees falling on people's cars trees falling on people's houses um so what happened was there was like a snow the snow that really stuck to the top of the trees and then little drizzly rain came in and like uh, the snow sucked it up and then the trees weighed down and, and the trees just sort of bent and snapped mm-hmm. so then we just see so you're what you're saying is you have you've had some bad luck well what i'm saying is we kind of uh georgie decided uh, that she didn't really want to sleep in the in the bedrooms because they're in the top of the house and then that's we've got about between 10 and 15 100 foot trees all around us like right next to us right so g doesn't feel safe uh you know being in the house anymore sleeping upstairs (laughs) so then we put the then we put the house on the market for sale oh wow okay yeah so no more mountain living huh yeah are you done with the mountain experiment exactly and so okay we 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 had been toying with it sort of towards the end of last year but decided that we weren't going to sell it but we did have the we did have the pictures ready to go mm-hmm. so we put it on uh on the market and we went down to um Georgie's parents house for uh the weekend so that the realtors could just show this place mm-hmm. and it just got you know loaded with offers and, oh, and we sold great. it that's great that's great um so where are you where are you going Oh, well, first of all, did you make any money on the sale? Would you make a profit? Yeah, good, made good profit. But I feel I, uh, this is this is like w- what I feel bad about because, like Joe, <laughs> you know what happened to him, and you know I don't mm-hmm. know. Just it doesn't feel so good to to sort of just sort of say that. But okay, but we 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 made we made a decent profit, you know, and I'll I'll tell you offline. Um, and I think where we're moving to, um, because we've had so much cold and mountains and 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 up and trees and stuff, I think we're going to move to like the beach. Really? Yeah. Where? Uh, Ventura is where we're thinking about. We found a really nice apartment complex in Ventura um, that's mm-hmm. right by uh, the docks there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and it's great. And we, I've got, we found a place that is like literally um, a, like, you know how in these complexes, some of them have like little roads going through them. So we found mm-hmm. one. So it's a, it's a, like a townhome and yeah. um, you can just uh, walk out the door a, across one of those little sort of streets that they used mm-hmm. to navigate cars around and you can just jump in the pool. So the pool's right there. Yeah, so, great. you know, hopefully a year of uh a year of swimming and stuff, getting fit, no more excuses. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, how long have you guys How long you was it been like 3 years you've been in the mountains? 2 years. So we we just uh, years, a little okay. over 2 years, so we don't have the um the tax to pay as well, which is nice. Oh, what is it? Is it under two years you have to pay? Yeah, pay, under two uh, years you have to pay an extra twenty five tax, twenty five percent, I think. Okay, so you just missed that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, great. Yeah, so that was great. Good. So, so uh, your thoughts on mountain living are there are upsides and downsides, but at the end of the day, there's more downsides for you. There's quite is a lot of downsides because there's a lot of there's a lot of you know, I mean, there there's a lot of upsides. It it is really beautiful and obviously the huge upside for us. But this is just complete fluke. You know, we moved here at exactly the right time. Like, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to us, Corona was just about to, you know, pandemic was about to start. So we, we, we just happened to move in right there. You weren't missing, you, for the longest time, you weren't really missing anything. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, 
it's hard to get down from here and go anywhere and see people. It doesn't matter because nobody's going anywhere and seeing anybody anyway. For yeah. A while, you know, so it was sort of, yeah, if you're in a bunker, might as well bunker in a mountain retreat. And then, you know, just randomly, um, this, I guess, our specific neighborhood, um, this specific timing, you know, houses uh, shot up in value, like in a way that was. Well, it's, I, th I think it's, I think it's pretty much happened pretty much everywhere. It's true, so but it's the curve here was bit, was big. Let me just say that it doubled in value in two years. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so, that, well, that, that is a big jump. Yeah. So that, so that's kind of nuts. And, um, yeah. So. Oh, great. So moving to Ventura and, uh, that's, I mean, we're in escrow. Um, it, stuff could go wrong. I don't know. I mean, we do have a couple of backup offers. Oh, so you're actually buying a place. It's not an apartment. It's a condo. No, no. We're in escrow to sell it. Oh, escrow to sell. Okay. Yeah. But you're going to just, you're just going to rent. Just going to rent for at least a year just to sort of get the lay of the get land. Get used to the area yeah. and see if it works for you. Yeah, and just yeah, sort of have a think about idea. where we might buy, or, or if we'll if we will even buy. Yeah, that's great, cool. So that's good. Um, and then on that happy note, I guess maybe I did maybe I did screw this up. The morning brief news is <laughs> the, okay. the morning brief news is that we we decided to shut it down. Yep. Um, and I have the the email. Um, I'll just it's not a, it's not long. It's pretty short. Just gonna read it, okay. and I'll read it because it it really kind of explains it well. We I thought it through. Okay. Well, Joe thought it through uh, with me and. Uh, so, um, hi friends, this is to all of the, 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 I guess the 20 people who had paid. We're incredibly sad to announce that we've made the decision to shut down Morning Brief. Over the last year, we built Morning Brief into a platform that we are very proud of, but realized it's in a product space that we can't scale with our current resources. Um, we've worked hard at exposing Morning Brief to as many people as we could through our personal networks and through content marketing, but we're unable to get any traction with the product in its current iteration. Most of the feedback we've received has been along the lines of, this is cool, but I wouldn't pay for it. Uh, we think this would be a really cool free product, but given the costs and risks involved to scale the product and reach new customers, we don't think we're in the right, uh, we're the right people to pursue this. Um, because Morning Brief costs uh, a lot to run, 550 bucks a month, we've made the decision to shut it down uh, completely. And then we just said, you know, if you'd like a refund for your lifetime subscription, let us know by replying. And everyone replied and said, well, everyone except for one person uh, who wasn't a texting listener replied and said, Oh man, no, I'm just glad to be part of the journey. Of course you don't need to refund. Yeah. Okay. So that is in the that, that, that happened. What that happened back. That was before the holidays. Yeah. That it's was December a, 6th. Yeah. So we, right. So, and we kept on trying to get on, but then just crazy shit kept happening in my life. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't jump on this call, you know, to do this podcast. That was the reason why. No, it's just fine. Um, so, uh, so how, I mean, do do any any anything else you have to say about the uh, about morning brief other than that? Yes, email there's about, something big I have yeah. to say about it. It was okay. bloody good, and um, I've really like life is not as good without it. Like literally, I every day, I I'm so irritated by the news, the way that it comes in, the way that it's not filtered. Like morning brief gave me the best news I've ever had, and now I don't have it, and right. it's fucking annoying. But I can't spend five hundred and fifty a month to make it, to to have it. And you know, I've discussed yeah. it with Joe a couple of times, and we've 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 toyed around with a few different ideas. But he doesn't have the, he certainly doesn't have the time um, to yeah, do to, yeah. to create a free tagger, and we don't have the money. You know, neither of us have the just the free cash to just pay for this thing. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, that's 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 uh, too bad. But you know, um... it was good. Good Google should do it. Someone. Someone should basically do what we did, um, which is essentially do a different kind of page rank. Can I can I talk about that? It's just the technical aspect oh, of it, ahead. real quick. 
Yeah, Go so ahead. essentially the reason why it was good was a combination of um, what we call signal rank. So, pa so page rank is how many websites have linked back to you. That's, where, that's how Google's page rank works. Right. The way that we made this work was we just scanned the um, sort of ephemeral layer of conversations and we looked at how many um, times a link was posted across different networks and how many times it was liked and then how many uh, comments was on it. And we just used those to derive a signal rank. And then um, every, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't put a tag against the conversation, we put a tag against the link. And so then it was just a combination of, you know, the tags plus the signal rank just gave really, really great results every day. It, it was right. it lagged by a day because it was, it was going off yesterday's conversation around the internet. That's not, you know, that's not much of an issue when you're dealing with the kind of things that we're, if it's not current news, you know, it was just so, it was just really pithy and good uh, for what, for yeah. what I wanted anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it? That's it, man. Just that. So, um, anything else on the horizon? Uh, yes, there is something else, which I think you- I know you always got something cooking. I mean, yeah, um, it's like, you got to answer your pants. You can't, you can't sit there for long without some kind of scheme i so what do you got it's not about money it's about creativity i think i'm it's about love i think it's i love might of the be... game <laughs> love of the game right okay. okay with this with this sort of venture uh sunshine beach move i think <laughs> i might be ready to explore and experiment with music oh, really yeah. going back to music i huh? think yeah so i've bought the equipment you told me you told me you you full of excuses. You've always got an excuse. Just do it, man. Just do it. So uh, did I say that? Yeah, you did. So I've okay. I've got the kit that I need, and um, okay. Obviously, there's nothing going to be produced anytime soon. I mean, I'm just like mm -hmm. playing around, but I'm yeah. just gonna. Oh man, I've been been working so hard at all this, you know, side project stuff for so long. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe something will come up, but uh, yeah. I think you need I'm, a little bit of a break. I think I need a bit like? of a break, yeah, on that level. That's a lot of time. I mean, start, you know, projects are being, especially you have a full-time job, and then you have to, yeah, you know, try and fit enough time to make progress on a, on a project. It's tough. Yeah. So, and especially after it doesn't work out, you know, I get a string of ones that don't actually don't go anywhere, you know, or, or go far enough, and it just gets frustrating. So it's like, uh But it's especially frustrating uh, when you make really good stuff, and then it doesn't, it still doesn't go anywhere. But it's, it's like... <laughs> You can yeah. make it as good as you want if you don't have that right market, you don't have that pain point. It's just right, right. Well, that was the question I asked you right at the beginning. Yes, yeah, I, like, so, I mean it was. It's, it's what I teach in in Nugget. It's like it's just the basic, basic one hundred and one. You know, and I still, mm -hmm. Joe and me are still. You know, we're both we're both smart guys, but we still just fell for that prop that same issue. You know. Well, it's just like, build something. You... Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I told you knew this, and I told you, yeah. and you just basically said it doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't have to be that and the reason is is because sometimes you just want to build something because you want to build it right yeah and that's just it you just you want to build it you're excited about it and um you know by god you're going to do it regardless of whether um you know you're but i also you're think it's about bo boxes so. timing like think about any um i mean i know any solved much more of it sorry not any um your other one what was your epic night so Apignite solved, mm -hmm. did solve much more of a pain point than something like this, but it is about timing because I don't know if you've noticed, but like those kind of things, yeah, the no code stuff, app bubble and all like those they are things, really yeah. taking off now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just, it's just, it's just hit the, hit that point where it's like, yeah, 
that is Epic Night. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think here's another truth. I mean, it it would have worked had I stuck on it. And the mistake I made is that I started doing two projects and mm. I let you talk to me, talk me into doing any food with you. Oh, so that was what killed it. Yep. Any food killed Epic Night. Interesting. Okay. Because, you know, the shiny new thing, right? You get pulled up. Oh, we'll just do this thing and it won't take that hard. And we'll get it up. And then next thing you know, it just sucks all the air out of the room and you're just not making progress on this other thing. Oh, well, I'm sorry and about that. And that's what happened. No, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I made my own decisions. But, um, you know, I think, I mean, we put a lot of work into it. It, it worked at a very fundamental level. There were definitely, there was definitely a long way to go with it, you know, but um, it's like a lot of things, you just got to stay on stuff. You got to stay on it and you can't, you know, pick up and just say, well, and just, because I think, you know, I think like, Paul Graham would always say that. It's like the only one who can kill a, the only way companies really die is suicide. Yeah. You know, you could keep working on it. And, um, and, and one way is that you kill things is, is, is not that you're just working on it and you just stop. I mean, in life gets, one of the ways is life gets in the way, right? You're working on it. And then, I don't know, you have a baby or you your job goes nuts and, you know, all of a sudden that's taking up all your time for six months because you got promoted or took on some other responsibilities that you just, you know, can't really get out of. And it's just your new life or maybe, you know, someone in your family gets really sick and now that's changed the dynamics of everything. So sometimes just life gets in the way, right? Just like life is, if you were doing something, it, it wouldn't, even if you guys were still doing morning break the last couple of months, life would have gotten in the way. In a, oh, yeah, know, for right? sure. Can you so, and this stuff is also just sort of like temporary, like two or three months, but sometimes life gets in the way for a couple of years. And then, you know, all it takes is usually a few months to kill momentum enough that you just stop doing it. And it just stops becoming a habit and you lose, lose motivation. The other one, which I think is at least or if not more common is that you just get distracted by some other idea, right? And you think, because whatever you've been working on after a while, it starts to lose. It's not as exciting because you've just been doing it. The novelty of it, the 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 real essential core problems. Maybe you've kind of solved those, and now it's you know all the other stuff you got to do, right? And so you're like, ooh. And then there's this other idea. He says, uh, you know, and you're like, oh, it'd be kind of neat. And you know, it's just all like you're still in fantasy land about it, and it's so much more exciting. And so then you start working on that, and then you just stop working on this other thing, and it's dead. But you were working so, on Epic Night for quite a long time. I mean. Mm -hmm. like yeah. five years or something uh i don't know if it was quite that long it was uh so we started the podcast in like june of 2009 yeah right mm -hmm. and i think i'd been working on it for a brief period of time when we started yeah possibly and any foo i think we kicked that off i think that was going around 2011 I mean, I, 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 something like that. So it's like two years or so. Two, two and a half. I mean, it's a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most people mess around with the startup, only do a startup, a side project seriously for, you know, if it doesn't catch fire within six months, you know, or something, it usually probably 85% of them die. Um, people just lose motivation because just, just feels like you're never going to get there. Um, well, but yeah, so that was, that was the reason, um, is that I allowed myself 
to get distracted by a second project. Well, and, I can think of a, another yeah. project that you've been working on for a long time that's actually doing extremely well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to hear about math? Yeah, I'd love to hear about math. Kevin. Okay. Are you talking about Project Superhero? <laughs> <laughs> no, Project Superhero, you are not doing extremely well on. Well, maybe you not are. Maybe you well. are. But <laughs> no, no, that's a whole other thing. But, um, so, all right. So Math Academy. Um, okay. So here's just the high level update. Um, we're still in private beta. Um, we don't have a marketing site. Um, we don't have any way for people to sign up. We don't even have a, a news, uh, like a, we, we really don't even have like a, a place to add a way to a waiting list. There's only something on there on another web, the, the mathacademy.us website, which is, you know, really for the school program. And we have like a, Hey, if you're looking for a beta, you can click over here. Mm -hmm. and, then and then that puts you in. on a, almost a list, but, uh, like, like an emailing yeah. list. Yeah, not even an email. I mean, I think it just goes to, I don't even know. Just what goes to Sandy. I mean, okay. Sandy, or, or if, even if it does that. So, um, we've, and then back in August, um, you know, I, you know, I won't rehash the whole thing, but Sandy's like, I really think you should launch something and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And we emailed out to, you know, I think there was like a hundred people on the email list that the email list was like, goes back to 2017. I mean, I could just hear, I could just see Rob Walling rolling his eyes, like, "Oh my God, talk about an oldie, <laughs> you know, Mister Email lit, launch with an email list, yeah, right, you know." And he's like, "That is not how you do it, Jason. <laughs> you do not let an email list sit and rot for four years and then email someone. That's just like the that is an anti pattern, right?" Um, but that's what we did, and uh, and we on I ordered onboarded like something in the order of thirty people in like about a span of a month. I'd say, mm -hmm. give or take. And um, it's been slowly trickling in people over time. I, I think we've something like, I think about 60 people. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, but some of those people are in Pasadena and we don't charge people in the Pasadena school district and in the, the district just because of the, you know, we've um, committed to supporting the PU at Pasadena Unified School District. Yeah. And, I don't want it to be kind of confusing. Like, it's like, well, we're homeschool. We are in the Pasadena, but we're, it's like, you know, forget it. Anybody who's in Pasadena can get for free. Mm -hmm. uh, or at least that's what we're doing now. Yeah. So some people have it for free, but, you know, I think we have, uh, I think we've probably maybe 54 people have signed up for pay accounts. And I think maybe three have um, churned. Mm. Uh, three to four tops mm. over the last, you know, four or five months or whatever it is. Nice. That's good. Which is pr pretty low churn rate. Yeah. D um, so that that's, uh, correct me if my math wrong, but it's sort of in the region of 2%. Yeah. I don't even, I haven't run the number something so, like that. So yeah. Cause it's like, once you go above 5%, that's when you need to start thinking, you know, getting a, well, anything above even 5%. You're talking about 2% a month. You're talking about 2% a month. Yeah. Uh, this is over the entire four months. That's great. I mean, that, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Especially for a really rough private beta, right? I mean, this is not like a a truly launchable product. So even in its unfinished, imperfect state, um, I think it solves enough of a important problem, and it does a good enough job on a, of it that that people are are, uh, are satisfied enough with it as it is that they're just like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you know, but as the as the product 
you know, designer, I look at it and I just, all I see are flaws. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm like, this is going to be so much better. I just need to do all these things. But, um, yeah, I think, um, in terms of timing, I think we could probably be at a launchable product by the spring. Um, but here's the thing. It's been really good to not have tried to launch it and tried to get a bunch of people because we're working out like core issues, really, really like the core problems with the product. And we have enough people to find those problems, identify that they're issues and all these kinds of things, but not have like, you know, 50 people email you about the same issue or yeah. hundreds of people um, complain about stuff. It's like you hear two or three times, like, okay, we got to get this sorted out. Or, but it's not just like, oh, there's a bug. It's like, this is not working. This thing that we're doing, this core functionality is not working as well as it should. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that, that, that's, that, that that's the way we've been doing, that I didn't allow myself to get caught up in this whole thing, just launch and get a bunch of users and try and get as much revenue as possible. I think that 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 would just be a fundamental mistake. So, um, do you want to ask me about any of this yeah, stuff? Yeah, you've, you've updated you the um, you've updated the 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 join page. So I'm looking at the I'm, I'm at mathacademy.us and I'm looking at online system beta, beta, and um, it's much more yeah. There's much more detail. Like you've got screenshots of the product. oh right. So Sandy put some um, yeah, put some screenshots. You know, one thing that's really interesting. It's like a hundred people, I think like uh, either 99 or exactly a hundred people have requested a demo. Mm. Um, but about half of them, even though they said they want to do a demo, it's like they just are unresponsive or they don't really want to. They want to do the online beta, but they don't want to do a demo. Hmm. And Sandy will send an email and say, oh, well, you know, thank you for your interest. Okay, all we need to do now is, is schedule a demo. So please let us know. You know it was Calend I think she was like Calendly or Calendly yeah. or whatever that was called. Pick a time. And they just don't and you know not only is not only do we have not enough marketing or information about it but it's just like you know that's not how i mean a lot of people might be interested but they're just like i don't have time for a demo right what are you going to do just, like just a, vid a video walkthrough or something yeah i mean really what you want to do is like any good any good onboarding process is you have some screenshots or you know walk through a wizard and they just go and they just go through and just set it up right you should be able to sign up for anything in you know just a couple minutes right i'm trying to decide I mean, you shouldn't have to like you shouldn't have to decide to like schedule a demo with somebody yeah. for an hour you're like hey i want to get my daughter on this trigonometry course or whatever it's just like this sounds really cool and you're like oh can we do a demo and, and during the day sometime you're like oh, man i got work i don't have time for this right i mean to just so like, I'm, what i'm trying to decide about is um i'm just looking through that that page and I mm -hmm. see that you have uh, the big graph of. Uh, I mean, that that's probably not even the full graph, is it? That the, this the screenshot of the graph. Oh, no. of I mean, the graph. The graph is like looking at the Milky Way. I mean, it's so yeah. big that you just can't even. I'm just know. trying to decide. Like, does that create a sense of overwhelm, or does it create a sense of? Well, look. Yes, I mean, that beta complete. page that Sandy put together. She just said, "Give me some main screenshots yeah. and just throw together some basic information, and that's it." Yeah. Like in terms of like an optimized user flow this is not it this is a just give me some screenshots so i can tell people what this is and whatever you know we right? um in my so in my mastermind um uh one of the one of the guys has been working with uh it's not joanna weeb but it's um 
it's an, a kind of like an offshoot of stuff that she's doing mm-hmm. and um they've they've done their their landing pages like they're all their pages and they're so good and it's like it's really increased conversions it's insane like so he was getting yeah. great traffic every day but now once it's got the proper sales pages it's like it's like you know it's a 2x it's crazy so uh, yeah uh, there yeah. might be a time yeah i i mean we're going to go from I mean, the fact that we don't have anything on the dot-com site, we do no marketing, yeah. you might find out us, find us inadvertently from somewhere and you go to some .us site and there's some that's about some school program and then there's some beta link and then you go to this big, long stream of screenshots and information and then you have to send an email to get a demo. I mean, talk about like the worst conversion well, funnel Even possible. the fact that you have, you've had those 100 people is, is great. Yeah, so that's why I'm not, I'm, I'm not even worried about getting users i i I think we can go from you know whatever 60 to you know 500 in no time that's going to be a couple of hacking you know a couple of good hacking yeah if you blog you know stream a blog post get the get the all the really good onboarding and wizard and all that stuff and and then we'll get there and then of course you further refine that and etc etc but um i'm not i don't Given that we're almost making it impossible for you have to like run a Spartan race to sign up for this course, right? <laughs> we still have people. Uh, it's it's not bad, right? Um, but what's really cool though um, is watching some of these kids just do incredibly well. I mean, we have like we have these kids. I have this like this one girl who's like joined in sixth grade. She's like a little sixth grader and she's homeschooled, and she is she did the entire math one two course in three months which is the math one, two is our integrated math, which is basically everything from pre-algebra up through the first half of algebra two and trig. She did three months. And now she's like a third of the way through the math two, three. She's really going to go through everything and will probably finish calculus by the start of next year. Wow. Just, you know, and then there's all, it's a lot of the kids who, who are doing similar stuff. It's just incredible. You know, it's like they pass task after task. They just crush it. You're just watching this. It's just, just amazing. So I mean, it it works really well. That's awesome. Um, and um, how how is I know Mark um, has been using it. How's he doing on the on the leaderboard? Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, I just um, uh, I just sent him an email about it. Well, he sent me an email about. I guess there was some hacker news discussion about learning math, educate learning, or something. And he's like, "Hey, maybe you want to jump in on this." And I just I kind of missed the timing, and I was just I didn't. But I asked him how he was doing, and he said, "Yeah." He says, "Oh, he says overall he's been pretty happy with it." And um, you know, he of course is mowing through it, and uh, he's he's doing like a calculus course because he had, it had been so long since he had taken a formal math class. And um, you know, Mark's obviously a super bright guy, so mm-hmm. it's it's not hard for him. Um, and but I think I think one of the things that we're doing now is really going to appeal to um, most of our users, and particularly users like Mark. Which is right, right now, what the system does is it says, okay, you know, you're in this course calculus or algebra or whatever it is and it says all right here are five tasks that are unlocked for you to work on some combination of review tasks and some are new lesson to- uh, lessons on new topics okay the problem is is that you don't really have a context for like well why am i doing these tasks <laughs> like where is this in the context of mm. all everything else on the graph and it doesn't give you a lot of freedom um to define your path so what we're what we're doing now, because there was a little bit of discussion from the from some of our high school students about this, is it will you'll go in and you will be able to pick from the graph what you want to do. So you'll be like, okay, here are all these different major categories 
Um, you're like, I want to do something on differential equations or I want to do something on number theory. And you just click on it and then it shows the graph for just that as opposed to this huge, gigantic graph. It's mm. a little bit smaller graph, a little more accessible. And you can say, oh, here are five topics that are online. You know, I can see it on the tree and where they are. And then you can see where it's going to go. And you're like, oh, I want to do this one. Or it's like, maybe I don't want to do number theory. Maybe I want to do, you know, linear algebra. Maybe I want to do probability or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and, so, but you were also talking about like, Sort of saying that the the things that you might use this type of math for in in the last time I was talking to you about it. Oh, like uh, the math for machine learning. Yeah, it's like. Oh, oh, oh no, we're talking about the context, right? Yeah, the context. context of the math. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's well, yeah, that's your that's a good thing to bring up. So um, one of the things I think is really important when learning uh, a new subject, especially something like math, is creating a sense of context and purpose. Why am I learning this? What is why? What is this useful for? What is this like? What is number theory? Mm. Right? What is what is linear algebra really about? Um, and if you just hand them tasks, they start to they ha they start to grok it a little bit, but they don't really see where it's going. There's nobody going. Okay, guys, linear algebra is an incredibly useful subject. It's the subject about this. It covers these things. These are the kind of different applications. Are you know? I think that stuff's really important in order to keep. Not all kids, but or not all students, but some students really engaged with the process. You know, I the way I, I was um, talking about this a little, or a little bit earlier um, offline with someone, and I said, you know, it's like for people who do CrossFit. They walk in and they have their workout of the day on the chart, and it's like you know six or eight or whatever different exercises they got to do. And uh, you go and you go, all right, so I'm doing, you know, I'm doing these uh, push presses, or I'm doing these box jumps or doing this, you know, whatever. And you just say, well, I know all of these are going to be hard. I know all of them are, are training my body in different ways. I, I don't have to understand the nuance of why they're picked exactly the way they are, but I get it. And I'm, I'm down with this because this is, this is what CrossFit is about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you do the same thing with math, the problem is math is that you're trying, you, you, you're, you don't really understand where this is going a lot of times and you need to provide that sense of purpose and and sort of direction and what's the ultimate goal as opposed to just well because if you're doing differential equations you're like well what is differential equations about like why why what's useful for where mm -hmm. am i and is that you know connected I mean? with the other thing you were just saying about zooming in to a certain part of the graph yes exactly so that you, you click on it and i'm still trying to in fact i was just i'm just we're going to try and release a, a version of this on like day after tomorrow mm. <laughs> so just p putting it together now but um, where there'll be like pop-up boxes, which is sort of explain like, you know, cool applications of linear algebra, let's say, or this is the history of it, or this is where it's useful. And so they're kind of getting, like, as if you had a great, if you had a really great math tutor or teacher, and they not only knew all the all these cool applications of linear algebra, which by the way, most of them don't, because <laughs> they're usually just really narrowly focused on math and not about where it's applied. And they're really, they're really um, knowledgeable about the history of say linear algebra, mm -hmm. who created it, how it evolved, you know, that kind of stuff. That stuff would be really interesting over time, right? Mm. Because it's, it's, it's the story of linear algebra. You know, it's not yeah. that you want to go and read a five page, you know, story, you know, uh, you know, about a, a five page document about Jordan normal form or something like that. But little nuggets along the way create sort of this, um, I can't make it more of a story, right? So how do you do the so, thing? Like, so let's say for example, there's, there's a, I guess what I'm assuming in my mind, it's almost like a kind of tree and you're sort of mm -hmm. saying this tree 
is linear linear algebra and this is why it's useful um this is what and you can see how it's colored this is stuff you've done this is the stuff you haven't done these are the things that are accessible things that you haven't done that are highlighted like hey any of these you can do any of these things okay right and and then if you if you find something else like so so this might be useful for let's say machine learning i, I don't know if it is but that yeah i'm just mm -hmm. saying something machine learning and this might be useful for physics and 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 making spaceships um mm -hmm. will 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 it somehow know how you know the the part that's saying i guess the intersection between those two things somehow when you're looking at the thing about that says okay this is useful for building spaceships it's showing you it's 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 showing you a, a part of the tree that might include something that's also in, interesting for machine learning as it were it's it, it somehow knows how to do that exactly so and the question is, how do we do this? That's a, that's something that I'm I'm literally thinking about, like today. Oh, okay. What do I do? So I'm gonna take a shot at it. Maybe it's some kind of you mouse over, and like a pop up box comes over certain things, and it's sort of like maybe something is you know maybe a little box that says you know something about history or where it come from or cool application. Do you you know are you wish you interested in machine learning? Click this. Okay. You know I don't I don't know. So I gotta. So I, what I might do is look at some game UIs for the, mm. when they have like these skill trees. And mm. a skill tree would be the closest thing, I think, from a UI mechanism that this would be similar to. You'd click on linear algebra and there'd be a skill tree of linear algebra skills, right? The ones that you've mastered, new ones you want to master, and then some context or motivation to like why you want to master some of these more advanced ones. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm looking at the graphic with the, on, on the beta test information page. And I'm imagining sort of moving my mouse. Uh, do you know the graphic I'm talking about? I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not looking at that specific graphic, but I've but seen. But it's the one that has like the little bubbles and the lines yeah, connected. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sort of imagining moving a mouse over it, and like as you move the mouse over, different bubbles will highlight, and then it will sort mm -hmm. of show you this is, you know, so like it's almost like Google Maps or something, like the exactly. way that Google Maps does regions. Exactly. For you. But. But so I was thinking about that, but I also want, I might make it somehow where it is more proactive about showing you stuff. So you may not know, oh, I have to mouse over this. So some mm -hmm. stuff maybe pop up a little bit more and be a little more, um, I don't know, proactive in, in informing you about some things. I mean, you obviously don't want to overdo it. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to pick a skill and I keep getting blasted in the face with these, you know, historical things. Yeah, okay, so look, I'm looking at that graph now too. So this graph is like two courses. This is like math 2-3, which for our listeners is kind of like pre-calculus. And is that like green and, and like so, so the green one is one course and the purple one is another Yeah, course. I mean, but we would rather have, if you scroll down a little further, you see that other graph and you see all the blue yeah, stuff yeah. is the stuff that that student has done and all the white is the bubbles of things they haven't. Mm -hmm. So it'll be something like this, but what we're going to do, that's an entire course Wow. What we're going to do is we're going to break it up into major categories. So if it's calculus, it might be limits, continuity, you know, oh, so you, differentiation. You're moving up. For some reason, I, I thought you were moving down, but I get it. You're no, moving you up. move up yeah, the skill, kind of move sense. up a skill tree, move yeah, up. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, there are arguments for going down and up. I mean, but this, the way we do, we go up. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so, so it will be a little less overwhelming. So if you click in on, you know, the module or you know, the category of, of integration and you know it's not going to be you know 500 topics it's going to be 40 or something which is a lot in oh and you've done 15 of them right and it's so much easier to to sort of um get your head around and navigate does, does that is make there sense? anything like that in the app that someone like mark could see 
Or is there that, is, that's but just it's back a little stuff. No, no, he can see that. Like you, you can click on that. Like if you click on the course and you can click on a sort of icon, this will pop up. But it's not the problem with it right now. Is it's disconnected from any. It it doesn't have any direct utility. It's just like, hey, if you're curious at looking at the knowledge graph, you can look at it. Which yeah, people do. But I think it'd be much more interested if it's part of how you navigate. You 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 just like in a video game, you interface interact with the skill tree, right? The skill tree is key part of how you think about your progression not just something that you happen to look at a curiosity every once yeah in a while. but but there might i mean okay to me it gives a sense of like grand scale and then the idea mm -hmm. of me filling in the little blue bubbles like that mm -hmm. would definitely give me a sense of like holy shit i'm really achieving something here so. yeah 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 so so you want to be able to show i so what i want to do is you can look at the overall graph or you can just look at what you're doing so it can't expand it's like show me everything right yeah um so it might default to like here's it's it's kind of like this it's like i'm looking at a map of pasadena and you might want to zoom out and look at all of you know la or look don't more see all of california or whatever but if it, if the map every time you open the map it just showed the entire united states you're just like okay what was <laughs> our that? whole world i mean but it reminds me of a, of that of a game like a star map uh, and and you gradually go and conquer the planets what was that game that the, one of the first ones that came out like that where you'd go and you'd gradually move through planets and conquer them and it would and it was just like all you saw was through the like eve online or something like like just like it was just absolutely basic green lines of a spaceship looking at stars <laughs> i don't know what it is but if you think of it later let me know or yeah. if one of our listeners but you, uh yeah it sort of feels about, like you're taking over the universe the way that you've got it there in that graphic mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's very cool yeah and i think that's cool it's like you kind of want to see but i think what we really need to do is we need to make it a little more consumable or approachable by breaking it up into yeah. things that you're yeah. really looking at a given time um so you can zoom in and then it defaults to the right level of context and then, but you can zoom out and see everything. It's like, well, how much do I know of everything in undergraduate math? It's like, oh, I only know that. It's like, okay. So does I got anyone, do. like, like, has anyone know everything? No. I mean, how, like... well, you know, what's really funny. You know what's really funny. So I, um, I did a call with a professor from the University of Chicago who I know, who was been the former chair of the department and things like that. So he's, a, he's kind of a big deal. And I was getting in contact with him because I wanted to see if maybe he would, um, write a blurb or something for our um our sort of uh we have like a, a two-pager write-up about the program that we send off to the colleges with for the kids college applications yeah and i asked them and it was part of that conversation and um i sent him a list of all the topics we cover and and everything in detail and he, he said jason you know i don't think there's a single member of a math department who knows all of this and you were chicago <laughs> right so I mean, no one knows it all like, I mean, the reality is... Even in the top, I mean that, top level of math, no one knows all this shit. Because, like everybody in this world, people specialize. Right? I mean, I don't think it's entirely true that they don't. I mean, they know most of it or know a lot of it. But but it, it's it's like it's like a doctor who specializes in is cardiac thoracic sur you know surgeon and also knows is, is not a dermatology and neuros. I mean, right, there's just a million different specialties because there's too much to know. Right. In math, in your, there's even more to math than there is to medicine but, in terms of the amount of information. I so mean, no mathematician do knows. It? How did you put this together? Like, like billion dollar companies can't do this. 
<laughs> okay. Well, first of all, let me just say one thing. First of all, this is just undergraduate level math. Graduate level and beyond math just goes like forever. That's why nobody even knows like 1% of it. Not even the greatest Phil's medals, Terrence Tao or some of the, the greatest mathematicians alive know a vanishingly small amount of it. And so we're just talking about undergraduate math. Um, so the stuff that you would learn in your four years of at, at, at a university. Okay. So how did we do it? Well, first of all, I think it takes somebody who's a little insane like me to even attempt it. <laughs> I mean, it really well, I is mean, how did you find the different rational. people? Like, how did you find different people who, who could specialize enough to create the questions? You know, well, none of them know it all, right? I mean, we have teams of people. So we have, I have a content, my content team, we have 18 or 19 people on the content team. Um, so I have my director of content, uh, um, Alex, who's, you know, has a PhD in math, really bright guy, knows a lot of stuff, but you know, he didn't know everything. We were doing all this abstract algebra stuff. I mean, he was the guy who, he was like a mathematical physicist or whatever. He was an applied math guy. He's the guy who sits between the physicist and the mathematicians. So he specializes a lot in that kind of stuff. You know, these really abstruse differential equations and things like that. But I mean, he, 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 he knew a relatively little abstract algebra because it's just a it's just sort of a disparate area it's not really related to what he does and likewise if you took somebody who was in abstract algebra they probably wouldn't know a whole hell of a lot about differential equations right that's like on the other planet in terms of math and you know everybody has to learn a baseline level of this stuff as an undergrad and then another other level above this stuff and as a first year grad student but after that everybody just goes off into their own little thing into a little area does that make sense yeah but i mean so so, so, so to answer your question, so, you know, you know, obviously we started with the really basic stuff and we were starting with, with, um, you know, algebra and geometry and trig and calculus, right? Everybody knows that stuff. That's not hard to find people who can do that stuff. Um, obviously when you get up to, uh, you know, the more advanced calculus topics, some people are better at that stuff than others, <laughs> you know, cause even that it's, uh, but, but most of the people who work for us now have a PhD in math. You know, we have a couple of physicists and there are, and then the remaining are people who are working on their PhD. So they are well into grad school mathematically. And we have teams. So we have kind of like a team, the team that works on like differential equations and multivariable calculus. That's like our physics group does that. Is there, right? is there the parts of this that like when you open a question, you wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't know. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, dude, I graduated from Chicago with a degree in math in 1993, okay? Even in 93, I had forgotten a lot of what I had learned in 92, not much in 91, because that's what happens, right? If I took a class in points at topology in 1990 or 91, and then I don't think about it again because I'm taking classes in complex analysis and, you know... Are you going to do analysis? Whatever. Are you going to do statistics and stuff? Yeah. Oh, no, not, not are we doing We've already done a lot of it. I mean, and I don't mean to... Like, High school, I mean, like we're doing at the at the university level, really rigorous calculus based uh, statistics stuff. Are you going to do math academy? I wish I had the time. I just don't have the time to do it right now. I mean, I here's the thing. It's like. I know a lot of it up through. Uh, I do everything up through calculus and then I know I know a lot of it. A lot of it's gotten rusty, but a lot of abstract algebra, I know a lot of linear, I know some linear algebra, I know some, I remember some of my multivariable calculus. I remember, I remember some of all those subjects, but, a, you know, 
if you gave me like a final exam on one of my, I'd bomb it for sure. Wait, but I still understand, but I still understand how they fit together, what the important ideas are. You know, I just can't, I just couldn't solve the problems. I just don't, I don't remember the details. Have you taken the diagnostic and it sort of, it places you like just genuinely take the diagnostic and see where it places no. you? I mean, well, no, I mean, we have, our diagnostics are really based on a, on a level. So we have like a diagnostic for like calculus and a diagnostic for, you know, algebra one kind of stuff. I mean, we have different types, level diagnostics. Um, I haven't taken one of those diagnostics. I mean, because oh, I, I was under the impression that you could sort of go in and answer 20 questions. And then it would tell you exactly what you needed to do. But maybe, maybe I picked We worked for a long time on that. And we worked for a long time on that. And then we ultimately determined that it was just, we just were not able to get it to converge consistently. It was very sensitive. You missed a couple of questions and then it quickly starts going south in terms of estimating what you know. Okay. And we may get back to this, but I, what I found is it's much easier to someone to come in and say, okay, like if I, if I asked, let, let, let's say someone, I mean, I know you say, well, Jason, I don't remember any math, so you wouldn't be a good use case. Let's say mm -hmm. Joe. Okay. Joe is a smart guy. I think he knows a ton of chemistry. He, he had a degree in like chemistry or just in yeah. science. So he'd come in and I'd say, okay, Joe. And Joe's like, yeah, I want to do math. I want to do it. What, what do I, what do I do? Joe's listening to this right now going, why are they talking about me? <laughs> but I've just used, I'm just picturing Joe. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I took like, I took like multivariable and I think I took like a differential equations course at some time. And I think I took some linear algebra, but I don't really remember that. And so what we do is we'd go through and they would say, you would kind of at a high level say, I don't know this. I think I know this stuff. I don't, you know, you would kind of go through to high level and just kind of give a, a broad overview of what you know and don't know. And then it would construct a test and only test you on the stuff that you say you think you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's good. That's Which good. Makes so more it's sense, like, yeah, right? that makes sense. So yeah. Give it a little context. I mean, if you were talking yeah. to it, a, a tutor, a professor, they'd say, okay, well, wh wh where are you? What did you do? Yeah. Have you taken yeah. calculus? Have you taken, like, oh, no, and how long has it been? What I know, you'd be like, because really what happens is people can tell you in a couple, without wasting an hour taking a test, they can tell you, yeah, I don't know any, I don't know that, man. I don't know it. Don't waste my time. Or, and I, this stuff is, yeah, way too easy for me. Tell me where you think you are, and then we'll test you on that stuff. Hmm. And so, so did anyway, Mark do that diagnostic? But the answer is, no, I have not taken a diagnostic. Did Mark do that yeah, diagnostic? Yeah, Mark, so we've had... So, yeah, so we have um, three adults who are doing the online course, mm -hmm. uh, three and all of texting listeners. And all of them are at the sort of, well, I think one is doing more math to three. He was like a computer science major, but, you know, like all of us, it's been decades or more since he's done it. So it's like really, you know, atrophy, you know, as it would. Um, and so... And some have started with who had done math more a little more math so that the calculus hadn't completely gone to seed and so they could start with calculus but they had to do a lot of um, foundational work because a lot of the the prerequisite knowledge to calculus had had kind of rotted away as well, right? So yeah. and Mark was kind of one of those people I think if I recall talking to him he's one of these guys who like did a ton of math early in his career was really advanced and did all these really advanced stuff and then. Something changed his life, and then he just did do math for, for a long, long time. So yeah, he it was sort to, of an interesting combination. To language. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, but that's the reality is everybody has their own unique story about what they know, how far they went, what they remember, how long it's been, you know. And um, so you need, to, you need a way to get things to be as adaptable as possible. But what we do is so, what, what we do is you onboard someone and they say, you know, what is it you want to learn? 
and kind of like, where are you? What do you know? Okay, would you like to take a placement test? Do you already know some of the stuff? Or are you worried that you don't know you know, some prerequisite knowledge? We recommend that you take some kind of a diagnostic, right? And if you do, then you kind of answer a few questions and kind of give us a ballpark idea where you think you're at. And then you take the test. Cool. Does that, does yeah, that very sense? nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm just excited to see, uh, as it unfolds and where it goes, basically. Um, was there, is there any yeah. other, yeah. uh, any other sort of tidbits mm. about the, let me Academy? see, let me see. Um, just looking at my notes. Um, well, there's a, there's a, there's probably a lot of things. I mean, I could I could talk about some stuff that may related to other other, you know, maybe outside of just Math Academy. But um, I guess oh, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just looking at this. Yeah. Just, just in know. case you're it's curious, just, like from a time perspective, I think I did like half an hour, and and then it's been another half an hour. So, but I, yeah, I don't think that we're sick of hearing about Math Academy. I mean, if <laughs> if you've got more stuff, that would be fine. Well, let me just summarize it and say this. Let that I, you know, I really believe in the whole product market fit concept, the whole, and I think that you think Rahul from Superhuman mm -hmm. in that one article he wrote about achieving product market fit is, is money. And it re I mean, it's really like, I mean, really nails it. And, yeah. you know, it's like you, you want to get a beta group of some sufficient size. So you have enough signal and enough variety of user. And you just want to work and work and work until those people are really just love your product and and your you hit that product market fit you know um, mm -hmm. metric whatever forty percent say they would be really disappointed is that I think that's what it is yeah um, based on the uh, you know whatever the product market fit survey um, and so that's kind of still where we are, where we're at I'm just I'm not in a huge hurry I mean believe me I would love to have ten thousand users and how and be operating in the black and I mean that would be amazing but I know. You can't rush it. If you rush it, you're just going to go right off the road. You're, then what's going to happen is you're going to spend all your time responding to consumer, um, customer support, and technical technical support problems. Mm -hmm. Right? You're not going to make any progress. Yeah. And anytime you realize you need to change something fundamental, everybody's going to get upset because you're changing something fundamental. Right? So... But when you're small, you can be agile. You don't have a ton of customer support issues because you just don't have that many customers, but you have enough. And you you can uh, make really big changes and you don't, you know, all of a sudden we're into the whole, remember, like the, the the sort of canonical example was the when Facebook added something like the news feed or whatever it was back in 2010 or something and, and the whole internet lost its shit. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember that story? I don't know. Yeah, well, they changed something. It was just like months of people just, it just was on the news. Everyone was so pissed. And oh, yeah, yeah. They, they made it work slightly differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I everybody remember. got so pissed. Now, then, of course, it made the product better and everybody loved it. No one talks about it anymore. But, <laughs> you know, it's much easier to make those changes when you got 50 or 100 users than if you got, you know. People hate you know, Whatever it is. Any hate kind change. of change. Even good but, change. Yeah, and they're going to cause you grief. They're going to cause a lot of grief. And you have to, you know, and, and that's just part of startup world is that you have to listen to, you have to be able to absorb that and not let it get you too down and, and, and make the right decisions based on, say, okay, what is the real signal here? What are they really unhappy about? And how do we solve this problem in a way that's going to make the most, make the product a, a, a bet, truly better and, and, and better fit and better serve the majority of the, of the market that we want to actually target?
mm-hmm. because some of the people who are creating the most who are the ups who are the feeling the most aggrieved they might not may not even be your market so just because they're making making them all the noise doesn't mean you just try to make them happy either so there's a lot a lot of nuance to it i think all right so, so yeah we'll see i mean i think um oh, you were gonna ask a question no i was just gonna say so what 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 other stuff did you have by the way i just want to say one thing for the listeners um, because uh-huh. Jack, my my kid's streaming right now, so we're not looking at each other, and that's probably a reason mm-hmm. why. Um, I don't know if it's as, I don't know if it's as high energy as normal, <laughs> but normally I see Jason yeah, you... and he sees me. We got good. We no. can have more of a report. <laughs> so um, I read a I read a good book that I thought was it was called Creative Selection. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about one of the guys who wrote. He wrote the. Um, the code behind first of all he's one of the first guys who wrote safari on the first safari team at oh okay. apple and he also wrote um the code the keyboard code for the, the the first the iphone and then the ipad you know and when the first iphone came out and they were not going to have keys like blackberry people are like that's not even going to work like how do you even make that work yeah. right how is this going to feel intuitive and responsive and you know not irritating and um the, the the one of the key takeaways that I thought was really interesting. So I think it's a good book. Uh, it's called it's called Creative Selection, and um, he said, you know, what they would do, the way it would operate is that every time after after a certain level of iteration, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever it was, you would do a demo to like your who was ever in charge of like your group or the product. So if you're working on Safari or who's ever in charge of Safari or the iPhone, whatever, right? And I think it was Scott Forstall at the time was in charge of the iPhone. And you do a demo and it was not just to him, but then to like the group and everybody's kind of demoing it. So you're getting all this feedback. So it was always like this iteration to like, okay, we work on the product. Now let's do a demo. Let's get some feedback on it. Yeah. Right. And then eventually once it got good enough, then you would do a demo for Steve Jobs. (laughs) Okay. Right. And that was an experience in and of itself. Yeah, of course. And, but, but this, this idea of these, of always building to the next demo kept the product really in line and going to, on target to something great because you always get feedback like, ah, this is not good or that's not good or this is not responsive or this is too confusing. Slim it down, make it simpler, make it better as opposed to just here are requirements, you know, give some designs to some designer, give it to some front end coders some back end coders and glue it all together. Right. It's I more, really, it's more I never really thought about it in that way, but I mean, that's, that's sort of what agile is, but this is, this is the more perfect in a version of it it's that's very good yeah yeah because it was um you know i mean sometimes i think you know when you work in corporations or work with lots of people everybody gets really caught up in like this the process and it's like oh you're all, all your tests passing and what's the test coverage and it's 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 like yeah you might be writing great code and all your you know your tests are passing or something but you know the, the only thing the most important thing is what's the product the experience for the end user right and you need to you need to stay focused on that. And in a demo, a regular scheduled demos with the stakeholders, with the, the top people, keep you focused on that. Mm. And and it was also kind of a mix of um, you know, your because it's not just about technical issues, it's sort of the the humanist, you know, kind of what's the experience here? What's the human element? What is their emotional reaction? How they feel when they're using this thing. Mm. Which of course that Steve is, you know, always you know, sort of, I think he himself talked about, but it, but other people talked about, I think Steve, it was at Isaacson who wrote, Walter Isaacson, who wrote his biography, talked about how he, he sat in between, you know, sort of technology or engineering and um, 
director of the liberal arts, and that's kind of where you want to situate yourself. I mean, I'm and, just trying uh, to imagine, do they do that? I thought in, that was a great, great. In Microsoft, you know, do they do something like that in Microsoft? I'm trying to imagine. I don't know if they would, but that's. They might. I, you know, they might, they might not, or they might not do it, but it, but that was, that was the real culture, the product development culture at mm. Apple, which is what he says is, I mean, he's, there's other things he talks about, but the one key takeaway was that. I mean, obviously they talk about simplicity and everything, but it was, it was this, if you had to figure out like what was sort of the core, um, you know, uh, process that they iterated, that, that, that they worked around, everything revolved around, it was the regular demo. Okay, Can you translate? I mean, are you going to do that? Work. Are you going to translate that to your company? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting because like I'm the stakeholder and I'm the guy building it, right? So I build the front end and the back end. It's not like I have a team of people and they build it and then I look at it. It's like I'm building it myself. So when you're really small, it's kind of all in one. And so I'm kind of, whenever I'm building something, I'm thinking about, you know, it just like that we do, we're building, you know, um, at morning brief. I mean, you're just thinking about the experience top to bottom. Um, but I think some companies that they get larger, they just get away from that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but cool. yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta constantly be, you're constantly got to be thinking about the user experience and, and, but then that's also part of user feedback is, 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 is communicating with users and, and listening to what they're happy about and what they're complaining about and try and pull that together in some kind of meaningful signal. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway, so creative selection. I creative recommend selection. It. So once you, I've, I've been hogging the mic. I did, well, I don't have anything other than one thing. And I think I might've already said it on another show, but I can't remember. Um, okay. di did I already talk about this concept of how time speeds up as we get older? Did you? I mean, I? it's true. Yeah. It's... Uh, so that was, it was an, just an interesting blog post that I was reading. Um, and, uh, I did actually read it by the way. Um, yeah. Harvard, Uni <laughs> Harvard wow, University. Um, yeah. So the title is No, It's Not Just You, Why Time Speeds Up As We Get Older. And essentially, right. um, as we age, the size and complexity of the networks of neurons in our brains increase. Electrical mm -hmm. signals uh, must traverse greater distances and signal processing takes more time. So um, basically, our, the, you know, the, the postulation is, is the reason why time is just goes that much faster is because we see less of it <laughs> mm -hmm. you know aging causes our nerves to accumulate damage that provide uh, resistance to the flow of electric signals so there's slower processing times and that just results in us perceiving fewer frames per second mm. no that's well it makes sense i always just thought it was um because i because obviously that i think all of us as we've aged have kind of it kind of felt like that. And I think part, I thought of it as like every year that goes by, every week is by, is a, as a percentage of your life, a smaller amount, right? Uh -huh. So it's like, if you're 10, a year is, you know, has, a next year is like 10% of your life, right? Oh, I get it. I get but, it. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're 50, it's, it's, you know, 2% of your life. Um, yeah. So it becomes so much smaller. The other thing I always felt like is that sometimes you get older, I think your life becomes more routine, routine like. Mm. And so you end up doing, it's not, it's not like something new happening all the time, right? Everything's new. When you're young, everything's new to you, right? There's just new, fundamentally new stuff, fundamentally new experiences because you're just, you're, you're growing up and you're allowed to do more things or just things change. But things get, when you talk to somebody in their 40, like how's, how much different is, the year, is it when they're 41 or 42 or 43 from when, the year before? Oftentimes, unless they move or change jobs, oftentimes not a lot changes. Like things are pretty, pretty similar because 
you know, people have figured out like, this is what I do. This is my job or the, my profession, or this is who I'm married to. And this is where I live. And, and you just kind of find the things that you like and you sort of that whole exploitation versus exploration process. It, 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 start, it you start really going away from exploration and more towards just exploitation. That's why people who are older. They don't eat and they don't eat, change the foods they eat or the music they listen to as much. It's stuff, stuff sort of like, you know, solidifies when they're younger. And so because you're doing it, and if you notice, if, if, you know, when you like your, your daily routine, week, two weeks, three weeks, a month could go by and it just seems like, you're like, God, that went by so fast. That's right. right. Whereas if you go on a trip somewhere and every day, if every hour is different and you come back and you, and you were gone for five days and it feels like a month. Or you get a puppy. <laughs> well, that feels a little bit like here. a really... Long. Really like, so, well. That's the other thing. It's the uh, the pain you're in exchange. If you're a discomfort, it changes. Every <laughs> day of puppy is like a week. What am I? What am I favorite? Uh, say, I used to have this Murphy's Law poster, Murphy's Laws poster on my um, when I was in college, and I still remember most of them. I, and what was the length of five minutes depends on which side of the bathroom door you're on. <laughs> oh my god! Right. I mean, you know. And that's it. So if you're a discomfort boy, it seems to take forever, you know. So I mean, I don't you know. You know, well, well, I, I, while, while the, while everything that Harvard professor, Harvard, that research group had said is probably true, I think these the things I brought up are probably play into it. As probably well. more true or play into it. I mean, the I other, think so. I think so. Just you bring something up there is, um, I mean, maybe this is this is just uh, uh, asinine thing to say, but um, I don't know. When you're twenty, going clubbing is like so cool and mm -hmm. then when you're 40 going or 50 going clubbing i mean unless you're unless you're um oh crap what's your friend's name <laughs> phil unless you're phil phil yeah then you know when you get older going clubbing is just like it's really painful well, i think <laughs> well look i mean i think when when you're married and you're already you're not out on the hunt <laughs> yeah. there's no motivation for it Right? Yeah, you're just like sitting there, loud music's coming in, everyone's screaming at each other, like like bits of uh, yeah. Yeah, random I, 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 alcohol spray hitting you in the face. I, yeah, I think a lot of, I mean, even if you find people who are in long-term relationships in their tw early 20s, they're less motivated to go to the club. Right. Right? I mean, it's it's really it's really about, you know, meeting people to you know, hook up with or whatever. I mean, it's like that, that drive, right? But if that drive is gone, you're like, hey, I'm good, man. I don't need to go to the club. It's just like, like you said, loud, expensive. A lot of times it's annoying, kind of boring. I guess I'm just, talk I guess I'm just talking to the fact. Why, why, why did I say that? I'm trying to think of what, what possible reason I would have to did say Did you that. just go to the club recently no. and find out that you didn't enjoy it? Is that what happened? You, <laughs> no, I was, you it, was, to, it was just uh, about how you said, like, you discover things in your youth and then you decide what you like. And then as you get older, you don't, you know, you you sort of just focus on the things you like. And so somehow yeah. that reminded me of, wow, the last time I went to a club, which by the way was a long time ago, I really hated it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. you used to play it in club. I mean, well, I mean, you're not a DJ, but you played in, I you, mean, when you were amused, you had your band. 20 years you guys... ago. Yeah. 25 yeah, years ago or whatever. When, how old were you when you guys finally stopped playing live? I guess events? like thir uh, 37 or something. So you did, that's quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. I was a And slow, what, what kind of places starter. did you play? Pubs. What kind of places? Pubs. Bars. It was pubs. It wasn't. It was okay. bars. Yeah, bars and pubs. <laughs> right. Anyone ever throw food at you or beer bottles or anything? Uh, like that? Just a few cabbages. <laughs> but that's just that's just the cost of doing business, right? Yeah, right. 
If you don't have a, if you haven't caught a cabbage in the face, you're not a true uh, musician. Yeah, you, is that, yeah, you're not. Is that you're the... not really in the showbiz. <laughs> it's no. So so this this um this uh, audio interface that I've got um is by is by U UAD United uh, Audio, and it's called uh, an Apollo Twin, and basically it's insane. Like they the the capabilities that that we have now compared to you know. What <laughs> I don't know, even five, ten years ago, but especially compared to when I was doing it, it's like you just have beautiful sounds. Um, you can mimic old, uh, old recording systems. So mm. basically, you you just have, um, I mean, you know, just like top forty level uh, sounds inside your Mac. <laughs> it's just insane. You can basically create the same thing that anyone in the top forty can. So, oh, I got a funny thing. So, cool. um. I got a uh, I got an email from Alfie. Alfie is a you know friend of mine, Australia, mm -hmm. uh, an Aussie, I guess they call him, and uh, he's a longtime texting listener. And um, so he he said I have a couple of funny things. He goes, um, he goes. So it turns out I was uh, what you're doing, talking one on one to users, video calls to onboard them, getting feedback, not opening up to Hacker News or iOS app, etc. Is exactly what this book is about. I.e., find product market fit get it to the point where churn is negative, get to the point where people happily pay, then launch publicly. He said, and he said after I finished Running Lean, so that's the name of the book, um, I was going to email you about it, but then I got this quote on page 163. The amount of serendipity that will occur in your life, your luck surface area is directly proportional <laughs> to the degree to which you do something you're passionate about. Combined with the total number of people to whom this is effectively communicated, Jason Roberts, How to Increase Your Luck Surface Area. <laughs> it's like, ah, as a, you might have already known about this quote, but just in case you did, I thought you'd, I'd ping you about it's it. It's the meme that keeps like, on memeing. And it know, is. It's, it's, it's like, funny. I, he, I didn't know about the, I didn't know it was in Running Lean. I mean, I, it's, I, I knew about a half dozen other books it was in, but not nothing is quite, I mean, well, what was, uh, it was it's in Gabriel Weinberg's What Super Thinking? book uh -huh. but that was the i think the most popular one and running but running lean i was surprised running lean is like is i'm like gonna say like reviews. my my number one um you know when you when you go onto twitter and you get notifications you know something's happening mm -hmm. so the number one notification that i get is about being included in people talking about lock surface area so it's like they always say, so so like, my my luck surface areas. I mean, just because I happen to know you, I'm included. And it's you're like, like oh my, God, you're like Jason. You're just I'm getting spammed with your stupid. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, because they always say I, I they always I'm, say Exo Jason and Justin Vincent talk about luck surface area. I'm like, well, uh, I didn't, but I'll, I'll you know I'll take the win. That's fine. But I was a good listener. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I, you know, it's funny, but, you know, like, the, uh, the other people who put it in books or articles or whatever usually send me an email and say, hey, do you mind if I talk about this? Or, hey, I just want to let you know or whatever. Right. And um, obviously, I don't I don't care. I'm flattered if anyone thinks it's a they like it. But um, but I never heard from the running lean. That's what was such a surprise. So but looks like a really good book. I was looking at it. And I was like, yeah, I should probably read that. I mean, I, it's not that it's probably I know most of it, but it's always. Even if you know the main concepts, it's always good to reread them again and remind yourself of what you should be doing and mm -hmm. how you need to be thinking about things. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking about that to uh, this other entrepreneur recently, and I was like, you know, that, that whole product market fit article um, from uh, about, you know, 
for this for the superhuman their whole process i mean it's so on point it's like it's worth reading like once every three or four months just reread it again do that like that is the recipe but if you spend too much time goes by you kind of get foggy on the recipe and then you start sort of gravitating to whatever you just feel like doing oh sorry you now sneeze gotta cut my sneeze out um oh so speaking of uh startups so last night i i i was talking to Colby and I was like, Hey, it was like around midnight. And I'm like, Hey, you want to do a midnight watching of the social network? You know? And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? He didn't know what it was. And he loved it though. Oh yeah. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really good. So if you haven't seen the social network in a long time, I mean, it came out in 2010, you know, obviously if you don't remember is, I think who did it, but and the, the uh, Winklevi, right. They were in that. the Winklevi and you know, Sean Parker and all that stuff. It's so funny. I mean, I know it's not 100% historically accurate as most of these things are, but it's it's mostly accurate and it's really good. Um, so I recommend that one. Although the, 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 right, we have, well, we had finished tonight because we were up to one thirty, and finally I said, all right, go. That's one thirty. I think I got to get some sleep. But the, um, the other movie that I think is that as a real startup movie that, nobody ever ever talks about i i was there's been even hacker news when they talk about you know what's your favorite and nobody would ever list it or is um is a uh, moneyball mm. do you remember that movie moneyball i thought that was about baseball it is it's about but that's a startup um, billy bean i'm hmm. sorry i didn't realize that was a startup movie maybe it, it isn't it, it is not a startup movie okay but it's about this guy, Billy Bean, mm. who is the general manager for the uh, Oakland A's, which is a, a major, league, major league baseball team, right? Yep. But they have like a fifth or less of a budget as, say, the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. So they're like a, so in, how do you compete against a team that has that much bigger of a budget? Yeah. Right? So you, you, you can't, and you can't, you can't play their game. And so they were. He he was the first team that pulled in these these sort of um, saber metrics of using this statistical approach to to constructing a team, not looking at like, well, this guy looks like he's got a good swing, mm. and this guy is whatever, and all this other stuff that that scouts talked and think about. It was more like who gets who is the highest on base percentage, even if the guy is doesn't look like a great player or runs funny or whatever, you know, thing it is, it doesn't matter. And um, it's great. Great movie. It's so funny, and I've watched it like a couple of times, you know. And 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 Justin, not you, but Justin, who works with me on the, on the system, and so we're watching again, and it's so funny. Like <laughs> I can't remember the guy's character. Let me just see. Let me just Moneyball. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. So the Jonah Hill character is sort of like he's like a this genius, um, uh, kind of quant. He has a degree in economics from Yale, and he's just right out of school. And Billy Bean is the the 40 some odd year year old 44 year old you know manager um mm -hmm. who's interested in this and they work together and everybody else thinks they're off the rocker <laughs> that they're just totally going to fail that everything they're doing is is just stupid and but they're just doing it anyway and then and I was like Justin I, I I kept pausing I'm like yep that's you and me yep <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so funny because just like Joe Hill's kind of quiet and really smart and really focused and that's kind of like Justin and and um you know, I'm playing the, you know, the, uh, Brad Pitt who plays um, uh, uh, Billy Bean is, has to deal with all this shit from everybody and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but that's the kind of the crap I got to deal with constantly. <laughs> and so funny. But like the best part, my favorite line 
is towards the end, you know, he gets invited to go by the the owner of the Red Sox. And the Red Sox is one of the biggest, you know, most successful teams in the country. And it was huge ballpark. And the guy's and the guy basically, um, you know, he says because Brad Pitt about Bill Bean is like he's really down because they they got knocked out of the playoffs for the second year in a row, mm-hmm. despite having a ton of success. And he's like, look, you know, anytime, you know, the first one through the wall is always going to get bloody. They're always going to take it in the teeth. And and anytime that you're trying to change how things are done, the people who hold, whether it's government or business, way of doing business, whatever, the people in charge, the people holding the reins, they go batshit crazy because you're threatening the way they do things. You're threatening their livelihood. You know, and he goes to this whole speech about it. And I was like, that is exactly, and even for our, us, you know, we're threatening how education is done. Mm, we're threatening exactly. jobs in a sense, right? I mean, you make these more efficient, the way people did things before, they feel threatened. Like, oh, you couldn't possibly replace a teacher with a computer, you know? You couldn't, you know, you couldn't possibly pick baseball players based on, um, you know, statistics or whatever, right? And uh, anyway, mm. so Moneyball is is just like the um i mean it just it nails it better than anything else i've ever seen especially that just that whole experience have you tried quote searching lux surface area in google i have not try try just that search with but put it in quotes so it's an exact phrase match well why don't you do it because you're you're kind well i'm doing it but i want you to see it okay um so first of all there's seven thousand results which is pretty cool Lux surface area in quotes. In, yeah, in 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 double quotes. But second of all, okay, seven, okay. Google and knows enough six. about it to to <laughs> to like pull it pull it the exact quote out of a page for exactly what it is. Oh, that's neat. Which is cool. Third of all, Mark uh, from Alchemist Camp is uh, well. Well, no. Third of all, you are number three on the on the results like your blog mm-hmm. and directly right. part, directly after you is mark uh you know your your customer um mm-hmm. and he's <laughs> done a video about uh lux surface air as well and there's That's there's funny. a lot of people here who are just really talking about it enthusiastically and pushed it on their linkedin their blog and you should go through that stuff it's interesting that's that's uh that's 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 really cool it's very flattering um mm. so let's see um, I got a couple other funny things, I think. Uh, let's see here. Oh, so um, do, do you remember Do you remember how I've, I've I think I've talked about that a little bit, but I have this like neuropathy in my feet. Mm, yeah. Do you know what that is? When you get that nerve, nerve I had this progressive like, nerve damage. Yeah, sometimes you, you they're numb or something or feel weird. Yeah, it feels, because usually I started out at the very tip of my toes and it just felt kind of a little, little numb, you mm. know? And I thought maybe it's just because it was kind of cold outside and I was, you know, wearing sandals. And so you're walk, walking around with sandals and your, your toes might get a little numb, right? And then it started to go back a little bit towards the under part of my feet and it got worse. And then it got a point where it started feeling like your feet are almost falling asleep, that kind of feeling. Or or when they just stop. That, well, you know when you're falling asleep and they, and, you, and they start coming back, but it feels like they're on fire a little bit or like there's needles. Uh-huh. So it feels like that. I'm working with this guy. He's a, actually a trainer for Colby. He's like a performance specialist kind of guy and he um he brought the, he got this thing that's like an electric it's sort of a like a electrical stimulation thing you put on the sort of pads on it and it kind of puts this current through and 
and he got initially to help his um he has a number of clients who are coming back from ACL surgery hmm. on their knees, which is like a you know, eight typically like an eight to twelve month recovery time for athletes. And this is something that's really in the, in the uh, academic literature has been demonstrated to accelerate the uh, recovery process mm. um, because it sort of somehow stimulates the nervous system to get back in doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, mm. And it turns out because Sandy was there talking to him while she was picking Colby up from one of his training sessions, and she had been doing a little research on the neuropathy because I was I had been complaining about my feet. We were we took a trip to the East Coast back in uh, November. We went to um, we went to we spent like four days in New York and showing Colby around the unis, DC, yeah, and DC. So, but we were walking forever. I mean, it was like 10, 12 miles a day walking. Mm. It was crazy. And so my feet were killing me. And so she started doing as a result of that. She started doing a little research on it, and and she saw the machine. She's like, "Wait a minute, is that?" She's like, "That looks like the machine they do, and you know, for neuropathy." He's like, "Yeah, that's what this was invented for." So, you know, anyway. So I, long story short, I started going in there and 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 um you know, a few days a week and, you know, basically he hooks it up and then you do all these sort of like exercises and stuff. And it might actually be working. Oh, wow. It might. I, I thought, I thought this was the only thing is like, well, this is just, I'm you know going to have for life, but I feel like it's at least maybe 20% better after a few weeks, mm. 20, 30% better. Okay. Maybe. So what does it do? Which like, is, are you like, like electric? Yeah. So what it does is, is like, he'll say, all right, he's, you're going to do you know, uh, four sets of 12 of, you know, squats with these dumbbells or something, not, not super heavy weights or something, you know, or RDLs or some kind of leg exercise typically. Right. And that he has the thing hooked up and, and he'll, he'll pass enough current into it's like your, your muscles is almost as, as, as much as that you can take comfortably before it's like really too much. And your muscles are kind of like, like doing these mini contractions. Like it's just cause you, just so you can control the contractions. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's like it's crazy how that can help in certain different different situations with our body. Yeah, I haven't really read on it like I probably should, but it's the the bottom line is it just sort of like it sort of like wakes up the nerves and sort of just tries to get them realigned into firing in the right way. Um, so sort of like why you're doing movement, you know. brain convulsive stuff, except on your feet. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, so another. A funny thing. So I got, I, I, I you know, what it, my, my present to myself, you know, because Sandy's like, well, I think you should get something. Why don't you get a new MacBook Pro? Mm. Right. Oh, oh, is it because, an M1? Yeah, because I got my first, my, mine is from 2015. Mm. And I was think I, I had talked about, you know, I was like, maybe I should get one. And then it was like, she's like, why don't you just go pick one up and that'll be your Chris, you know. So I got it. I still have not taken it out of the box. What? Yet. I'm still sitting here. I almost forgot about it. I'm like, holy shit, this MacBook Pro sitting here. That's crazy. And uh, because it's such a pain to get everything set up again, you know? And I mean, I know I know you had talked about there's their software, which just kind of like reinstalls everything exactly the way it was. But everything is so old and there's so much stuff that I don't want installed in the new one that I wouldn't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then... You know, how long does it take to get everything configured? Like your keys set up, all stuff. It's like <laughs> you lose half, you lose a day, mm. right? Oh, yeah, for sure, at least. And so it's like I just, and so I just haven't felt like I could lose a day. So it's just sitting there, just staring at this unused MacBook Pro. I'm like, I feel like an idiot for, ha for doing this. But, you know, when can I find a day to be down? 
even over the holidays or Christmas, I was kind of working it. I was like, oh, I well, just, what about I do that do thing it. where, you know, because even if you, even if you haven't done time machine, um, it does a migration assistant when you turn it on and it just, mm -hmm. it will just suck everything across via Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could try it and see what it was like, because then you wouldn't have to do anything. And then if you didn't like all the junk in it, you could say, no, no, I really do want to take that day. And then you just, you just click the button that says revert it to factory, res res uh, reset it to factory settings. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I gotta, I, I think what first thing I need to do is just delete all the crap on here that I don't want moved over. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Just, just clean, clean up, up your as existing much computer. as possible. That's easier. Yeah, clean that is... clean up there will be easier. Yeah, clean up as much as possible and then pull it over. Maybe that's the thing to do. Yeah, I, I end up with a lot of crap on mine because of, you know, every now and again you need for it. Just as an example, oh, I need to create an MP3. So I download some weird MP3 converter that converts a WAV to MP3. You know, yeah. just loads of different shit like that. And the computer ends up with like 50 of these things that I only needed one time, you know. Right, right. Yeah, mm. exactly. And it's just, so, well, our... We are, um, I think after today, we're going to be done with Colby's applications to college. Oh, he's picked. He's picked one? Finally. No, no. You're, the applications are done. Like, they're all okay. sent off. Yeah. Which, is, which has been a nightmare. He applied to 15 different schools. Okay. Which, it, you know, you have the Common app, which helps, and you have the University of California app, which, you know, gets a whole bunch of them. But it's still like, there's so many essays and short you know 250 care you know word answers to this or that and you gotta like kind of help them think them through and give them feedback and a little bit of editing here and there and it's just like this such this time consuming pain so anybody who has kids it's like wait till you have seniors it's just a nightmare because you think oh it's just gonna get easier and easier you know the older they get the more independent they get and then they apply to college and then you just like lose three months of your life you're just like <laughs> god what happened? She's like, oh, well, we have. She's like, had a chance to take a look at Colby's essays for this, this. I'm like, oh, more essays. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this. Anyway, what happened um, with that thing that that Colby was working on? That there was that site, and it was a a project, a a development project, a game thing. Oh, you're talking about the Space Empires? Yeah, yeah. They, they're doing well. You know, they're doing that with their uh, their class. So Justin teaches the um, uh, the. The, the advanced computer science class mm. and yeah they're they're still working away you know they've been working on a ui like a web a web ui so you can see how what's happening and 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 they're using web sockets and all that kind of stuff mm. and then they have they 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 rewrote the engine from python into javascript so they could run it in node and it could it interface really well with the whole um and and and, and, so, and, and with the web sockets and everything and not that you can't do that kind of stuff with python but um, they had all written their own versions of the system and they decided it'd be better if we just, or we, if they just used one, rewrote it in one repo in a new language, like this is the new, this is it. This is the, this is how the engine works. So yeah, it's, it's in pro, it's in process and they're still, you know, and they're, they're doing all this machine learning stuff. I mean, they, you know, they, they built their own neural nets from scratch and, you know, all these other machine learning libraries. So. Um, I think we're most recently, most recent thing they did, they, they, they wrote some code for to do principal component analysis, um, uh, which allows you to sort of determine what are the, uh, you know, which of your variables or which of your features are, uh, mm -hmm. uh have the most signal and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. One of the kids, well, this is actually a son of a friend of mine who was, who, who did the, who did the, 
remember how they did this whole thing remote and um la you know obviously the you know last year they everything was remote but this one yeah, everything had, yeah uh he joined them and because it was remote and he, even though he lives up in northern california and he's really um really good developer for his age but he apparently he posted on hacker news that you know he was a high school kid looking for you know who knew rust and he was looking for any you know if anyone wanted anything built because mm -hmm. he wanted to make some money and I guess he's he's got some project, you know. I I won't be more specific than that, but he's making thirty bucks an hour oh, as a high nice. school kid. That's awesome. Writing writing Rust code, and it's a pretty cool project. <laughs> Rust, that's so cool. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's I mean, you know, screw college, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you if you if you're a really good coder and you're young and you start now and you kind of stay, you know, uh, on top of all the latest. Most sophisticated tech. I mean, I don't don't think most people really care where you went to college. It's sort of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. You know, that's cool. Which I could have skipped all this application in France. Like, Kobe, you're just not going to college. Get a job, <laughs> write some code. You know. Hmm. So let's see if I got anything else. You got anything? Or have you, you been just, uh, following just... much on um, DeFi and uh, crypto and just the, the state of things there? No, not really. Um, Are you I aware mean, of I... things like uh, Olympus DAO? I mean, I know of the, I know what DAOs are. I mean, I, I know they did that one that tried to bid on the Constitution, copy of the Constitution or mm. something, and they lost out to, what was it, Ken Griffith from Citadel, who's a big hedge fund manager. I mean, I heard about that. But, um, I mean, I'm not, you know, I keep hearing all this Web3 stuff, and you know, I've heard Web3, what, yeah. you know, Bology, who's really big on all that stuff. Bology's super smart guy. He mm. makes a lot of interesting points, but I, I still have not really, I, I really don't like, you know, and I understand I get at the distributed ledger and permanent, you know, repository for certain types of things. And and I get that there's some interesting stuff there, but I totally I don't totally get the use cases. I haven't really seen anything. Something like that, um that I'm I'm gonna do probably not a good job of explaining it. But um uh, a, a a team uh, created a DAO uh, called Olympus DAO. And mm -hmm. um I I guess it was started in February of last year. Mm -hmm. And really what they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to create um, like a uh, like an internet reserve system, but unpegged. And they they did some interesting concepts. Like, for example, when you buy when you buy OHM, uh, which is the Olympus, it um, it rebases every eight hours mm -hmm. to um, a specific percentage of growth. Mm -hmm. So um, when they started, like the 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 growth was like. Uh, I, I, it was like sixteen thousand APY, you know, <laughs> sixteen thousand right, right. a year. So they they would they would sort of mint the this new uh, ohm, and um, as as the project's gone on, that that amount's gone down, and I think it's just about to hit a thousand percent a year through mm. through the sort of hourly rebasing. But mm. what they do is they do a couple of interesting things. Um, when when they sell, so that they're the only provider of liquidity, as far as I couldn't understand via a specific swap system i believe it's sushi swap so you go in you buy this ohm and then um they they use that asset that you've purchased with to build and create the treasury so they have a treasury system like the same way that uh, you know our, our the dollar reserve system works and so they've they've got it to a point where it's um i believe the entire thing's worth about two and a half billion or something and um wow. you know and it's it, they've they've got every Every OHM um, that's minted is backed by eighty-four dollars worth of, you know, assets or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you you can sort of buy into it, and you can what they they call three three, uh, which is like a uh, an interesting concept, which is basically just it's it's uh, they're talking about uh, game theory prisoner prisoner dilemma. So it's like mm-hmm. just just cooperate and just hold, <laughs> and we'll all do right. really well. <laughs> Um, right, but yeah, right. it's it's minted. Um, it definitely a few people have become millionaires during the last year um, who've uh, invested in this. But now, um, for some reason, I'm not quite sure why. I guess it's it's just related to the larger market. Mm-hmm. A lot of these. Oh, something I should also mention about Olympus DAO is they basically open sourced the whole thing and everything that they did, including the website and the whole way that you get in and all that kind of stuff. So there's been like 250 people. Uh, 250 other company, uh, well, I don't know what you want to call them, DAOs, that just have done the same thing. And some of them have been offering like APYs of literally like a trillion. <laughs> so they're like, they're like giving you 9%, you know, uh, reward every eight hours. <laughs> and so wow. you, you end up with like a ridiculous, but so it's, what's been really interesting is it, it reminds me of, remember I told you I made that, um, that simulation one time in Flash where I just sort of simulated what would it look like if you just kept on adding money and money, money and people right, were right. swapping it. It's it's sort of like that. It's like, you know, um, people were really into it and then the price of it went high, but now people are starting to realize, oh, this this is inflation. We're just sort of creating this stuff out of thin air. <laughs> and so you exactly. could just see the price chart of this stuff go down from like 1200 just gradually, I think it's like at 160 bucks right now for OHM, for example. But there's another one called um, Wonderland Time, and mm-hmm. that was trading at like 6,000 per time. Uh, and right. they, that has a, an 80,000 uh, APY, 80,000% APY or something like that. Anyway, it, the, the, the DeFi space is very interesting. Um, it's just, it's just, interesting it's just interesting just to see you're the interested in that yeah well i'm i mean I, i'm i'm interested just as a social in a social way like looking at the discords like it's it's just a lot of kids um <laughs> who want to who want to make you know make free money for nothing <laughs> kind of thing right um yeah it's until until i start seeing some real potential applications that i'm not super interested in it i mean i i, I get it's you know i i mean i understand how the tech works it's it's cool um you know, but I've, but beyond that, I'm. It's sort of like what. what There's a lot. I mean, a lot of people are interested in a passive income yield yield creating stuff. That's what. Of course, DeFi, everybody. Of course, of course, people are. But you but, have to actually create value, right? Well, that's it, what it, DeFi it, is all about. Yeah, sure. So it's like, I mean, it's like even you know if you think about it in the venture world, like we create tools like GitHub and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. th- there's value that's really only just amongst the builders but the a similar kind of things happening in the DeFi world you know mm-hmm. where people are just creating all sorts of protocols and it's finding value within itself but i do think that you know over time there's going to be interesting things um, right i don't know just wondered what, what do you think about also bitcoin getting to like a forty thousand, sixty thousand? uh you know i don't know i don't have a super strong opinion about it i mean it's like are you in it in uh, any way anymore because you at one stage yeah, you made no, quite I, a... I have some bit i have some bitcoin not much just like one or two bitcoin you made a decent amount like of money with bitcoin at one stage yeah 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 well it was just it was it was all like all the altcoins um but it was another guy who was kind of trading it for me yeah um so i can't say i can't take credit for mm. you know i just uh, you know, we you can go back and look at our in, a, in our history from. But five, you're not six really into crypto 
Like you, like yeah. you were thinking about it a lot, at, at, you no, know, a couple of years really ago. Care. Well, you know, I, you know, we were we were building that high frequency trading, crypto trading, yeah, you know, uh, system, and um, you know, we got a long way. You know, we got I, I built all the trading infrastructure. I mean, there's still a lot to do, but we had some, you know, where we could actually do some trial runs, and we had, we 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 were still collecting data. I still have my, you know, sort of my bots, my services that are running on all these machines that are collecting. You know all this, you know, highly compressed. It's highly compressed binary book data from all these exchanges, um, and um, but one of the three partners took a job where he was, you know, offered to make a lot of money, and so he just said, "Well, I gotta, I gotta do this." <laughs> so it's guaranteed income, and um, so it left the the, the two of us, and um, I decided that I really, really wanted to focus my energies on Math Academy. Yeah, um, I mean. You know, it, but this other the other partner. I mean, he's a, they, they're, all, they're all friends of mine, and he's still kind of playing with some things. I mean, he has other stuff, another project he's working on as well, so he can't give it all his time. But you know, if he comes back to me at some point and says, "Hey, listen, Jason, these models and everything is is checking out. We got to put something up." I I might consider doing it. Hmm. But the reality is, it's really bad idea to not to not keep your focus on one foc project. Yeah, you le just, you learned that. So 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 anything maybe taught you something. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Dustin. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, do it. It's gonna be great. No, um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I just don't want to get pulled away from Math Academy. Math Academy. I put a lot of time into it, a lot of money. Uh, it definitely works. It's definitely going to create value for a lot of people. And um, you know, why should I? Why? Why pulling my focus? I don't think is going to maximize my. Yeah. You know my future i think i think it's really put everything i got into math academy and making sure that it's a that it's a smashing success and not just this kind of base hit mm. you know speaking of let me see if i can find this so i was um so colby was applying to you is applying to usc among uh their engineering their engineering school and one thing they reference is the um a list of of grand challenges for the it was a national academy of engineering and they have these different sort of categories. Um, let me just see, like, I'll give you an example of some of them. They're like, uh, make solar energy economical, enhance virtual reality, reverse engineer the brain, mm. engineering better medicines, advanced health informatics, restore and improve urban infrastructure, cyber, I mean, secure cyberspace, mm. provide access to clean water, whatever. There's about 15 of them. There's a handful more. And, um, you know, develop carbon sequestration methods. Um, and one of them, the first one is advanced personalized learning. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was like, hmm. I was like, that's exactly what we're doing, which is interesting. So what we're doing makes the top 15 list of top 15 grand challenges for the 21st century by the National Academy of Engineering, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. So, you know, I it's like, so you're working on something that's really important that could really help move the needle for humanity you know, over the long run, if you're really successful, why shouldn't I put all my energy into that? Mm, right? Exactly. Especially since that's what I'm really excited about. I think that's, you know, I've developed a lot of expertise in, you know, it's like, that's what I should be doing. So, um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. I think spending time on other things and, and, you know, crypto trading and all stuff is really fun. It's really cool. And if you've got some really smart people and you're willing to put years of, of, blood, sweat, and toil into it, and uh, you might be able to come up with uh, something that works a little bit.
mm-hmm. or you might not. You know, so it's <laughs> like, uh, but you're you're certainly not you're really you're not really making the world a better fa- place. Yeah, right? it's not yeah. really, you know, it's it's sort of a net net zero. I mean, nets out to nothing um, or not much. I mean, yeah, you know, you need people who are active traders to create liquidity so that reduces transaction costs and you know you blah 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 but you know compared to what to you know to something like advancing personalized learning it just doesn't even compare in terms of potential positive mm-hmm. impact so that's another reason why it's like i you screw it mm. <laughs> you know um but you know i in terms of crypto but again i i know a lot of smart people no it's who are weird really it's funny it's like i just want to say sorry for interrupting um it, but it's just weird to see you actually so focused because honestly, you know, for the whole show, you haven't been um, yeah. as focused as you are now. So this is good. This is very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it's like a. Th- I mean, that was sort of my Achilles heel. I mean, my my kryptonite was, you know, shiny new thing. You know, because you uh, here's what happened. Inevitably, most of the time, it was some friend who would come in and say, "Jason, can you do? Can you please help me? I need your help. We are, you know, let's do this thing together." It was always that I'm working on the thing I want to work on. And it's somebody, you know, and any food was just one example. Hey, let's do this thing together. We could totally do it. This would totally work. Come on. You know, and I let that happen about six to 10 times over a period of like Mm -hmm. 15 years. Yeah. And it was in retrospect, almost always a mistake, (laughs) if not always a mistake. I mean, the only one you would say that was a mistake was when Travis called me up to help him with Uber. Yeah. Right. But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that was, but that was a paycheck. That was true. That was a paycheck. Yeah. So that's that was different. different. It was different. So that so was different. Doesn't um, even count. That sort of, yeah. So that's like a big fat asterisk to that. But, you know, I think, I think what you, you know, the recommendation that I would give to myself, my younger self or to anybody else is just pick what you want to do. The number one thing and keep the main thing, the main thing. Screw everything else. That's it. Do not do two things. Do one thing. The year Definitely of don't do no. five things. The the decade of no. Do no, I'm not doing it. I mean, it's it's like what, you know, Steve Jobs used to say, you know, he came in and when he came to Apple, I mean, he just basically killed most of product lines, except for like four, you know? He says, we're just, we're only going to stick to a small number of things that we can do really, really well. Everything else we're getting rid of. Get rid of all the crap. And, um, you know, it's, it shouldn't take a genius to understand that, that if you focus on one thing, you're going to do a better job. You know, if you your if your time is cut in half, in fact, at best it's not cut in half. It's going to be cut in in less than half because what's going to happen is whatever the new thing is, you're going to get kind of engrossed in getting spun up on that, right? Because it's new, mm. right? So then it goes ninety percent ten, right? But then it's not even ninety ten because then you have a switching cost of going back. So it's probably like, you know, seventy percent new thing. 20% switching cost of time where you're not, where you're in between projects and you can't get yourself really refocused on one or the other and then 10% the, of, of the of the original project. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just bad. So, um, I'd, you know, focus on one thing and just give it everything you got. Can I um, bring up a different topic? No. No, um, no you're done. Have you Mr. watched Cobra Kai? I have not, but I, I mentioned oh that scene the day. I thought that might be something we could watch as Why? a family. Might be oh, good. please watch it before next show. I, I think you're going to like it. I well, I really like. It. I mean, it, it, it's just a really great concept of uh, of this continuation of the Karate Kid. Um, but yeah, no, okay. it, it's really good. I think I think you should check it out. 
And have you what have you have you started watching Rick and Morty yet? No, you know I've watched I've watched a couple episodes, but I never really got past it. Mm, okay, you like it? Yeah, they did. They've done like a season six, and just the it's just so funny. It's just the the first episode of it. Yeah, I might I might it's give it another hilarious. shot. Uh, it's 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 uh, you know I've had a couple of friends of mine who've recommended it, and you know it's you clever. Know, it's really it's really clever. You know? No, it was good. I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was one of those things that you could look at you and you like you you like it. You you get you you can see why it's good, but then for whatever reason you're not pulled to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know. I this, well, you should watch um, it with Justin. I think I said this to you last time. You if you and Justin watch it, I'm sure you would really. Justin doesn't watch. Does Justin is in the when we're we're working at night? He's in there in the living room, but he never he he works like he he like I'm like all right, Justin, let me ask you, what's the name of the main character? Nothing. <laughs> Does that guy look familiar to you? Do you remember seeing him anywhere? <laughs> he was the star of the thing we watched yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> like, okay, he doesn't watch. Well, maybe he'd watch this. This is so remarkable, like yeah. so weird and interesting. Uh, he's, you know, what's funny is like we. So we have this. What's really interesting is so my daughter Izzy, my middle daughter is, she can just she can do entire scenes. If I say if I can pull a scene in the movie, she can do the entire scene of all the dialogue back and forth between the characters, which is really weird, right? Like. I'm pretty good at that, but she she's like order of magnitude better than me. She's like, all right, Dad, Megamind, this scene, let's do the scene. Okay, I'll start it off, and then you, you reply. That's cool. And I'm like kind of stumbling around. She's like, Dad, that's not it. Doesn't even make any sense, right? And but yet she has, she's like teaching her just basic like she with algebra and uh, and geometry. I mean, it's like a it's it's like it's like a, you know, it's from the moon. Yeah, you know. She's in, she's really hard for her to connect she's with a it and remember it, but but this likewise Justin native language is not English it's math right <laughs> like he's but you can remember like who you know I can't even I, I, you, a, a line I'll, I'll say a line of movie he's never he never knows what the line of the movie was <laughs> he never I mean he is the polar like he had um Izzy are like polar or their brains are like literally flipped on opposite sides it's like all the circuitry. That might have been spread between certain types of language or narrative or whatever for for Justin. It all got harnessed for mathematics, and vice for 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 Izzy, it's the opposite way. And they're just it's so funny seeing the two of them because one is they're a genius at one and a complete imbecile at the other thing. It's so funny. You just reminded me talking about bit flipping. You reminded me of uh, bit bit flipping, uh, which is which is basically. Uh, cosmic radiation can affect any computer and flip a bit and cause mm. cause some random thing, which I learned from um, from Brett, who uh, he, himself and his family and his wife stayed with us. We hung out, and um, he's the guy I'm right, trying to so set he's up the, the interview. Guy run, he, yeah. he was the guy, you, yeah, you talked about me trying to do an interview with him, and he, he's the guy who does the robotics at uh, JPL. Yeah, he's, he's head of robotics at JPL, and he, he I Whoa. think he runs like hundreds of engineers. Um, How do you know him? Um, through, through Jack. <laughs> Jack really? introduced me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically so our kids play that. together. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And they stayed with you guys for. Yeah. They said, so they're, they're super strict because, um, um, I don't want to get into the details, but, um, they're very strict, um, quarantining. Um, Got so it. we, we both, uh, both families quarantined for two weeks and then they stayed with us uh, for like, uh, a little over a week. Um, oh really? Okay. Yeah. So it was it was really fun. The kids were hanging out. It's like 
been jack's only chance to actually play with other kids <laughs> you know? right yeah um but it was tough. great talking with brett i mean he's just he's you know super super smart guy um knows a lot about a lot and runs <laughs> you know a, a very large portion of jpl so i wanted to try and set up an so interview maybe we could do do you think is it too late to do an interview with no him, no or? not too late no he'd, he'd he'd love to do it yeah we just have to figure out how to get the tech to work because that was the big yeah issue. well we'll just use this Revisite. Yeah, that's fine. What about does he have a headset or whatever? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure he has a headset. Yeah, he, he he has a headset that will work fine. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay. pretty sure it'll be an interesting, an interesting interview because he he also has been a triathlete. Oh really? Yeah, and wow. so he's done various different things, and um, he ended up doing uh triathlete, I guess, like oh, and, and soccer, and soccer. He's into been into soccer in the same way as you. Mm. So I think you guys will have a lot in common. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you get some um dates and times from him yeah and um and then we'll try and come up with some work and that way i'll 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 just do an interview with him sure and, uh yeah that'd be cool i'm sorry to get back to you but it was over the holidays no, and no i worries. was just um just swamped with all with with stuff so yeah well i i think we're kind of i think i gotta get get going we're, yeah, we're probably much out of time anyway right yeah we're, we're that's about... coming up to, to two hours i mean we might be i might be cutting some some of the weird stuff out, like my coughs and sneezes and things, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, you're you're to cut the humanity out of this. Yeah, of this sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, that's a wrap. We're out.